Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Piber on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Streaming live on MyEarthWest.com. Don't forget about the venerable, the OutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more, and a whole bunch of new stuff well, in look, the studio. It's new. Look, it's we, new. They, it, it's not have, the Roy Robinson RV studio this morning. We have one morning. button that we have to push, <laughs> <laughs> and they switched it up, and, it, and it's still, it's the same one know, button. It's, it's, it's a, a, just it's, a different color now. It, it's muscle and memory. It threw us right it's, off. It's bad. That was bad. That was bad radio. And, uh, well, you're going to get two hours of bad radio this morning, obviously, but at least- We're going to dish least, it out. At least, at least we bad got- radio. At least we got uh, this studio sound back we we've been coming to you the last couple of weeks down from down that story and the, and the magnificent buoy 10 fishery incredible so, fishery. so so i've been going down there um you know all, over 10 years and um ever ever since you know the the red pontoon boat that i had you know the, the staby craft way back when and 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 just had some phenomenal years right i i got a hard time thinking this this year didn't top them all well, I've only been down there. This was my fourth season down there. Your senior year. And holy yeah, cow. Dude. I mean, and you know, it's so fun, the people we get to fish down with down there and, and all the guides that help us out. You know, we, we really have a great network. You know, we got Matt Chandler and Austin and Jack Glass and just, just a phenomenal group of guys who, who without them, we would just be aimlessly wandering around the but lower Columbia. That's, that's the case. That, that should be the case. Every everywhere anybody goes, right? But but we're just we're fortunate to have yeah a, yes. a really so, good information network of just absolute sticks. So we're down there bebopping around with our buddy Buzz Ramsey, and we get <laughs> off the water early one day, hook like twenty five Chinook, killed all our fish, and and we're back early. So we go back to the Roy Robinson RV, and we're hanging out at the beautiful RV golf course where we stay, the Lewis and Clark yeah, RV Park and great golf. spot. Yeah. And it's just quiet, and you kind of slip away to go do some show note stuff oh, yeah. and and write the Northwest Outdoor Report. And maybe get a little nappy poo in there. And I said, you know what? I'm going to run into town and grab 40 pounds of ice and and Buzz, take a nap. And he goes, oh, I'll ride with you. So I'm driving through Astoria with Buzz Ramsey in the passenger seat of my Subaru Outback. And I'm like, how did I end up in this place, man? And, and so I just looked at Buzz and I said, Buzz, when's the, the last time you were down here at Buoy 10 fishing this fishery and the Chinook fishing was this wide open hot? And he kind of shook his head and he said, I don't think I have, Joe. I I don't think I've seen the Chinook fishing this good. I mean, way back in the day, I, I I'm I mean, probably sure. But but the funny thing was, and you know, you go be bopping down the dock with Buzz, and then you know, just Buzz is like the Pope of P Dock, oh, right? Yeah. You know, it, it's hilarious because and, and it takes him a half an hour to go four feet. You know, on, on everybody on down the wants dock, to so. stop, oh, stop and talk to but, Buzz. No, but so uh, so a couple of events we took part in. Uh, Del, Del Stevens Lipstick Salmon Slayer, absolutely a hoot of an event. Del's a badass man. He just does such a great job. And then, and then last Friday night, um, Bruce Larson, Renaissance Marine Group, actually emceed the uh, the Buoy Ten Challenge. 
and uh, you know, just a, a lot of fun around that fishery. But now that it's gone to all Chinook and it's not a selective fishery anymore, you know, the, the, it's a mob scene down there for sure. There's a lot more pressure. And, and we were talking about this because the juice is and always has been for me learning more. Right. And, and, and so the fact that we took part of that fishery when it was selective kept us on the water longer. Yeah, we had to stay out there and fish, and and you know, we've had years in the past where the fishing is also very good. Sure. I mean, you get out there, and it's like bang, 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 you're done, and you're yeah. off the water. Right. Well, you don't learn a lot when yeah. you're off the water at ten o'clock. We we always had to have Plan B in the back of our minds. So we we may have had you know an idea on the flood, right? Well, now we fished through the flood and we caught a bunch of Chinook, but you but know, we don't have anything in the box. Well, yeah, or we had one to release or two. a bunch, right? And, and we and, still need four okay. fish. So now, where do we go during the stand of the tide, and where 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 are we on the ebb? And and so we got to play that game longer, and and by playing that game longer, we learned a whole hell of a lot more, and and that's you know, and then that's that's a wonderful thing. It, it really is, and it and it translate in translates it into into success really everywhere right sure because you know you just get you just get better at spinning your baits and you get better at reading the currents and you get better at running the boat and you just you know you just get better you know and then that's 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 always a kick in the pants then i came back to puget sound and puget sound gave it to me right in the puget <laughs> well we i went you know so you know i i had a trip uh promised one of my neighbors and we took his you know son grandsons out and and uh and and we roll out on 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 Thursday morning, and I'm thinking, all right, well, come on, man, you know, there's there's got to be some coho out there. So we cut the lines of the Port Everett, and 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 we run out, you know, run out west, and we run out past possession. I'm looking that looking for that proverbial riptide between frickin' possession and 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 double bluff, you know. And and there's some out there, and there's some birds, and I see some marks, and it's dogfish, 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 shaker blackmouth, dogfish, dogfish, dog dude. I, I'm flabbergasted because you and I had some experiences, you know, fishing Admiralty Inlet um, in, in early August and started encountering not just ocean coal, but good size. I mean, yeah. the first week, of, first week of August, you know, we, we popped one that was pushing 10 pounds. And I'm thinking, okay, baby, this you know, thing is going to go. It's going to go. It's going to go. And then. So halfway through the day, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head and I call Gary Crime, the professor of Puget Sound, right? And he goes, good luck, dude. He says it's it's tough right now. It's super freaking tough, you know. And talking to you know some of our friends and whatnot. And I called Brandon Mason out of Seacoon. And he goes, "Man, it, it's not as good. It's not as good at last year. Last year at this time." And so I'm looking at you know I'm looking at Van Ripers right now. You know, area five zero coho check for sixteen anglers, and I'm looking. So it and and. Then I'm talking to Bob Buchanan in the South Sound, and it, it appears to me that all those coho that came here early were South Sound critters because the fit the, the coho fishing in 11 and 13 is better than it is in 10, 9, 8, or 7, or 6. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, I and it's easy to kind of get a little freaked out and be like, oh, where are they at? Um, we, it's August. Uh, yes, it's August. It's and, August. And we've had no weather at all. No, we haven't. And there's so much feed in the ocean. There is. It's Filthy with, with anything they want to eat. There's and, all of it's and, out there, and, and lots that's of it. that's the part. So why would they move? That's the part that's really deceiving, and and, and you kind of have to understand what coho salmon are all about. And and you know, and I've said this repeatedly, but it, but it absolutely bears repeating that 
Coho put on the feed bag to the point that they double their body size. They're little last poop, dude. They're little poop factors. Man, I'm telling you, they just eat and poop. So eat and poop. So and get if so if the feed is that profoundly great in the in in the in the Western Straits, you know, north of Nia Bay and Swiftsure, and we have had zero rain, and we have had really high temperatures in Puget Sound Basin, which has absolutely been the case, dude. I mean, there's been years where. We haven't uttered the word coho until Labor Day weekend. Oh, there was. There's a first mention of Labor Day weekend. I hate it. You hate it. I hate it. I hate yeah. Labor Day. I but, love it. You well, know what it means? I know. Hunting. Hunting. <laughs> it does. I know. But it's just, you know, you you know what you and I have been doing to the fish populations. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, basically March, April, May, June, July, August. I mean, you know, here, here I am the last weekend of, of, of August. And I was still trying to hold on to July, right, and let that slip through our fingers. But no, hey, man, the changing of the seasons is absolutely what drives me i got back right, from right. Bowie 10 and and right away like guys are like hey we'll, we're leaving the ramp tomorrow at <laughs> 6 a.m you want to come with us and i was like dude i am done <laughs> i'm smoked dude i need like a trail there and you some go. woods yeah and maybe a bear or just whatever exactly. i need to get out of here and, and that's and that's absolutely what rob ensley's going to talk to us about later this uh later this hour i mean he's you yeah, know. I don't think he wants to talk. I, I, he just sent no. a picture of 12 dozen herring <laughs> cut on his board. <laughs> I don't think he wants to even talk about no, coho or no, mooching doesn't. leads or cut plug herring. He's ready to talk hunting. Yeah, for sure he is. And and, and so, but I'll, I'll just I'll just kind of wind my way out of this out of this opening segment by saying this: You're going to drive around Snohomish and King in Pierce County this morning. You're going to be running your windshield wipers. That's all it takes. I swear, man, you just get the pavement a little bit wet, and the days are getting shorter. Yes, we got another warm week next week, but I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that we're we're going to have a completely different coho pitcher this time next week. Uh, I just, I really think they're going to start swinging. They can't stand it, man. They got they got to roll on in here. That's fine. And, uh, I like a. I'll take a week away from any type of fishing, and then look, I'll wake up one of these days and I'll just be like shaking. And then you'll come down to the boat, and I'll just be sitting down there, like, "Let's go, man! Come on!" Oh, that'll be Monday morning because yeah. we, we get we get some crab we got some crab gear to pull. Um, all right, so I'll tell you what, just really quickly, Rob is going to jump in with us at uh, at zero six twenty five hours. Uh, then then the uh, the aforementioned Jack Glass with also the aforementioned uh, Buoy Ten Fishery. Jack is an absolute consummate professional. Yeah, that dude, he's he's just really something special, and him and his. Son Brandon comprised the team hookup uh, guide service.com. Excuse me, team hookup fishing.com. If you can get on one of their boats, you're going to learn more in that day on the water than you're going to in a decade by, your, by yourself. I mean, those guys are just so dialed in. And then, you know what? The other thing is that we're kind of not talking about, and we should have been talking about because it was it was the talk of the dock in, in, in Iwako and Astoria is what's going on at the tuna outside. So naturally, we you know get fired up about fishing for tuna. Tobek comes back in town, and the minute Tobek starts looking at the weather to go tuna fishing, the weather goes south. And the reason we got Mitch Coleman this morning is it's something abominable, like eight feet eight seconds out in the ocean right now. So definitely, definitely a no go today, which allows us to get Mitch Coleman of Angler's Edge Sport Fishing on to, to talk a little bit about that fishery because we will definitely be doing that soon. Also, this is the final weekend. If you are at all ready to roll the dice, 
Uh, the Iwaka Tuna Club Invitational. This is the last weekend to get in on that $100,000 payout. More information, hit IwakoTunaClub.com. That's going to be a really cool event. That's going to take place actually next weekend. So I'll tell you what, give us 90 seconds. We're going to be right back with Hello September. Hello September. Hello September and what you got for us right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. We're back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, coming at you live this morning from the number three riversmarine.com studio. Uh, what's up, Joey Pyburn? Checked in with a bunch of guys yesterday. Um, you know, our Puget Sound crew, Rich Olson, Nikki Kester. I was like, I just need to reacquaint myself <laughs> yeah. with what's going on around here. And, you know, look, there's still Chinook around. Oh, yeah. Plenty of Chinook. No, through this weekend, you've got you you got 11. No, excuse me. you got 13, okay? And we're, we're going to get to Area yeah, 13 yeah. here in a minute. Um, and, and you got Area 10, mm-hmm. okay? That's going to run through this weekend. And, and the scheduled end of that fishery is August 31st, right? And, and it's going to make it to the end of the, and maybe right at 100% or, or 104 or something like that. So, but, you know, and then all eyes are, are going to be on, on the coho fishery. And yeah, which, it, look, it's coming. It'll be here. And, and I think it's going to be perfect for the Everett Coho Derby and for Salmon for Soldiers. There's going to be a bunch of fish around, and hopefully we have some big ones. I'm, I'm hoping for if we can be catching 8 to 12-pound coho, I'm all in, I, dude. I'm back. I'm back in on I, the fish. <laughs> I still, I still think it's going to take a 15 pound. I, yeah, I, bet, I, it's, I be, bet it's going to take. It. It's going to take a 14, 15 pounder to win the Edmonds event, mm-hmm. which, which is which is two weeks from today. Edmonds Coho Derby, EdmondsCohoDerby.com, and then the EverettCohoDerby.com. The the weekend of of the 25th and 26th. Let me see if you get that right. So the final weekend of September. That's always a cool thing about the Everett Coho Derby too. Is is a fact that man, it's right in the heart. So yeah, the the weekend of the twenty fourth and twenty fifth is is the uh, is the Everett Coho Derby. That's, that's still the largest salmon derby on the on the West Coast, which is which is super cool. Coming at you out of the Port of Everett. Well, let, let's get back to the Chinook thing because guys, still, I mean, this is it. This is your last crack. You know, if you want to go catch Chinook, it sounded like the bites are good when there is a bite, but they're short. So just keep that in mind. And and, and, and around the tides. Yeah, you know it's. The normal thing. It's a, sure. it's around the tide change. But um you know, find the bait, stay around the bait, and run spoons and squid and and leave the bait at home right now because it's dogfish. Unless city. you wanna get your limited dogfish. So and, and and that's what, you know, again, you got your river eyes on because we spent the last couple of weeks, you know, down on the Columbia. And, you know, we saw marks, and you know that they're salmon in, in the river. So, uh, you know, again, even though you're fishing another fishery, you, you got to kind of chip the Puget Sound rust off a little bit because, you know, I roll out to Possession Bar, and I find a bird, and I find a little bit of rips, and I, and I drop down on these marks. And, you know, 12 dogfish later, trying to get them, trying to get them vertical on the mooch. Yeah, man. I mean, Possession Bar is absolutely infested mm-hmm. by Squalicacanthias right now. There's no question about it. So, so, but that'll that's going to change. But there, there's good life. There's there's a bunch of bait in Puget Sound. So, so when these coho finally tire of of getting absolute gut stuffed out of out in the ocean, then then they're gonna they're gonna roll this way. The interesting thing also was with with regard to how fish behave and how that transition 
from the from from the saltwater to the fresh was so evident to us when we our last day at Bowie Ten. We you know we had a great day in the river, and then the next day Dave Lee at Three Rivers Marine jumped on board, and and we ran we ran out in the ocean. They the the the, the ocean salmon fishing off of El Waco. Up until the twenty first, <laughs> smoking man. I mean, it was it was smoking. So so what happened? What what changed? We we had a really narrow set of tides. We had a neap set of tides, and we had a new moon, right? And dude, it was a light switch went off on the, on the twenty first, and those moved. fish sucked in, and the the fishing in the river was absolutely spectacular. We went out over the bar, dude. We still got we still got. Eight or nine Chinook to the boat, right? Or excuse me, eight or nine salmon to the boat. Yes, and we shook it, a we shook it, a bunch of them. Look, it was good. It was, it was still good was fishing. Still good fishing. It was just you could see poor Dave Lee yeah. was like, "This sucks." <laughs> and, and I think at one point we had like a a triple or something. You know, I mean, when we got into them, we got yeah, into them, but it was um, short. But I mean, it was very super, short, super and, short. And yeah, those fish moved. But it was still super cool to get it out was. there. Yeah, you and I were. Yeah, because you, you and I were like bouncing around like kids. Like, yeah, we're finally out here, and we we'd never been out there before in our boat. Well, I, I it had been a while because I, I had my my weldcraft no, out but there we before. Hadn't been but out you there and I had in the thirty foot. True. Oh, yeah, sure. that was the first time we'd been out there, which is a shame to say, right? Yeah. But uh, but now, but, but yeah, we, now that's it, it's an interesting program yeah. out there for well, sure. When you hear about it happening, yeah. at least now, right. we know the program and. If the if the bar is okay and we yeah. can pop and out it was. Up there, it was the the ocean. Just about the whole time we were down there, buoy ten, the ocean was just glass, yeah. and 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 the fishing was stellar. But still, we had a lot of fun doing what we do, fishing structure with chunks of lead and mm-hmm. just having a ball doing it for sure. So, uh, but yeah, okay. But now back in Puget Sound, let's let's focus on what we got here the last weekend of August and the first weekend of September, Labor Day weekend. This this is your last, basically your last eight, nine days of crabbing in Puget Sound. It's the last couple days of Chinook fishing in Puget Sound. And just like you indicated, that you need to kind of change up your techniques and change up your timing to be successful on, 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 on Chinook. Man, if, if you want a crab dinner between now and Labor Day, you got to switch up your plan too. And Northwest Outdoor Report, we're going to run over this a little bit. But, you know, to, to be successful right now when this place has been crabbed and crabbed and crabbed, you got to kind of have your your thought process is, okay, where has all this crab gear been? And when, what, who's fishing what? And and I swear, man, three quarters of the crab gear that you guys, you see guys fishing has one float on it, has yellow poly line going down to an unweighted collapsible pot. Okay. Hey, that, that stuff's going to fish at 30 feet. It's going to fish at 40 feet. It's going to fish at 50 feet of water. Great. There's not a lot of crab in 30, 40, and 50 feet, and they're so sick of chicken legs and turkey legs right now that they could they could vomit, right? So so now you got to think deeper, and now so now you got to have heavier crab pots, and now you got to have bait that's going to produce a fish attracting crab attracting scent for longer periods of time. Okay, so that means armor in your bait, and you would laugh if you saw what we put in crab pots, dude. I, I mean. We we put heavy duty bait bags. We load our we load our bait, which and it's quality stuff. It's salmon backbones, it's heads, it's your your crab blocks. Okay, Joey Piper yep. and Ray's baits crab mm-hmm. blocks, and and so that heavy duty bait bag now goes in a bait cage. Okay, and generally it goes in there frozen. <laughs> okay, we don't want that stuff to get chewed up, man. Once that once that bait's gone, 
That pot ain't fishing. Yeah, guys need to realize that if you want to be successful, you want to have crab for the weekend, you got to fish deeper, heavier pots, and longer soak times. Absolutely. And so when we pulled that gear on Monday, you you dumped those in on Friday or? Probably, yeah. 72-hour right? soak. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, you're giving that those pots a lot of time to be down there. They're not getting moved around. Our pots don't budge. Those things are heavy. I can that, barely get them out of the boat. Yeah, it's key. And it was funny. I was talking to my neighbor, Ryan Bayless, who's got it bad now, you know. And he said, hey, um, he's going out in the evening, dumping his gear, longer, yep. 100-foot shots yep. of line, getting a little deeper, heavy weight. He bought new pots, heavy-weighted Bomac, the, the heavy-duty ones. And he even kind of figured it out on his own. Like, yeah, I just let him stay out there. And then the last day I go out and pick them, and we get plenty of crab. We, yeah. are, we get our limits, and that's, that's enough crab. You, you can't just go out there and drop your pots and then go fish to Lalip for four hours and come back. You're probably not going to have a lot of crab in that pot. That's it, dude. I, I mean, it's long soak times. It's deeper water, and, and it's better bait. And, and you will definitely have a crab meal for Labor Day, which is absolutely crucial because we we, we got we got house guests over the 4th, man. Or excuse me, over, over the 4th. There's, there's a Freudian slip. Over Labor Day weekend, no question about it. All right. Somebody that's absolutely sick of it and done with it and ready to put away the 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 bait chopping knife because he he's cut 144 herring this morning he already. Wore, he's probably wore three of them down to a nub. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. He's the only guy that he's he's on the Victorinox <laughs> bait knife <laughs> bait knife club. <laughs> the, 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 the bait knife pro staff, no question. Our long lost buddy Rob Ensley does not want to talk about fishing. He's going to talk about hunting, which is fine because September's right around the corner. Rob Ensley joining us next here in the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Hey, text us up, 866-979-3776. Text plays a little bit quiet this morning, probably because we haven't been giving out the number, and probably because they've changed the number quite a few times. Rob Esley is going to change his number so he can't accept any more charter trips for the next decade or so. <laughs> Good morning, Rob Ensley of Prince of Wales Sport Fishing. How are you? Good morning, Rob. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, we're doing good. Well, you know, you guys were saying how sick of fishing we are. We're we're still pretty fired up here. The coefficient's just been completely insane. So we're uh, we're gonna get we got another week here chasing these critters around and, and I should have also sent you a sonar shot uh from a couple days ago that would kind of explain our state of mind right now i mean it's just like we're having one hell of a coho run up here and and we're getting the big ones right now the big late season ones are coming in the little fatter ones and and uh they're pretty fun so that's what we're doing i'm just sitting on the boat kind of listening to you guys getting the boat ready getting ready to go here for the day um but don't think that I'm not thinking about hunting though. every day. I'm, I'm kind of running over everything in my head. You know, we go from just white hot here all summer, just fully immersed in this seal. And then I pull stakes and go right into the woods. And as Joe knows, it takes me about two months to get my head straight again. I remember we were elk hunting last year in Montana and with Ryan Bayless, who he mentioned a minute ago. And Ryan's like, Are your gators on backwards. <laughs> what? Like, I look down. Like, you know, I could probably put my boots on backwards in the middle of September. We're so smoked when we get out of here, you know. But <laughs> but I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get up in the woods and get chasing some critters and, and get that Browning 6.8 Western out. Um, I'm going to have it at the range here. As soon as we're done, I'm going to hit the range here in Craig and, and make sure that thing's dialed in. And 
and off we go, you know, and we're running those Vortex LHT scopes. Uh, Joe and I just raved about those last fall. They're just, they're just awesome. It's a lightweight hunter tactical. So it's a lightweight scope, but you got all the dialing capabilities on it. So uh, you can reach way out there, you know, with that 6.8 Western. Uh, gosh, I mean, I, anything I think within 600 yards is fair game, you know, with some practice, of course. But, um, boy, Joe and I, we, we, we shot those things way out there in Montana last year. We kind of looked at each other like, what have we, what have we been doing all these years? And it was so um, easy. It was easy. It was easy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to have my boots on dry ground and get out and crawl around the woods and, and uh, go on this big adventure up north. And, and there's a lot to these these big adventures, these big flying trips up here. So literally every day when I'm running the boat, I'm trying to go over lists and trying to think up anything I'm missing <laughs> or, or whatever. Because once you get in there, man, you're stuck. Uh, and, and you literally could be stuck in there for two, three days. So you gotta you kind of got to think your way through all the possibilities, you know, so – well, and 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 you're so you're talking about increased possibilities with with regard to range, okay? But mm-hmm. and, and you also said practice. Now, so to me that that that's kind of a two or three part puzzle right there. You if if you're going to shoot at those ranges, you don't just say, "Oh, well, that thing's that thing's 500 yards off." No, dude, you you got to be proficient with a range finder, and you got to be proficient with dialing that that light hunter tactical scope in. So. Go go through that process for us, Robbo, because it's it's a level of complexity that results in a, a level of accuracy that that we've never really experienced before. Yeah, well, you got to get familiar with your charts, with either your you know your milrads or your MOA um, charts. And uh, so what Joe and I did, we literally just printed out a couple charts. You can also just keep it on your phone. Um, there's tons of, of ballistics calculators online where you can download the whole thing right on your phone, and then just open up your phone when you're out in the field. And, and get all the data off of that. And you could carry this, I mean, a long way. I mean, you could you could go full tilt with this and have a Kestrel and be measuring wind velocities and all that stuff. We didn't do that last year, of course. We, we guessed. We it pretty simple. We guessed, and, yeah. and we were pretty spot on. I mean, we, we spent so much time. We spent our whole lives on the water. So we're usually pretty darn close with wind, um, you know, having all the experience out on the water with all the wind we deal with. But um, there's a lot you can do with that. But that's all we did. We just We just printed out some charts. I taped mine on the side of my rifle, um, you know, and it just showed, uh, okay, 500 yards, you got to go this many clicks. And I'll be damned if we didn't run those clicks, you know, whatever it was, and boom, it was spot on, you know. Um, So just get familiar with that. Um, We were obviously lucky. We were in Montana. We had all kinds of room to to shoot all over the place and, you know, uh, out there on the – on public ground, um, nobody around, but it's it's tough, you know, in western Washington. you you got to go find a range where you can reach out and uh and work on that stuff so it, it helps to do some research and figure out which ranges have those those uh, you know those three four five hundred yard targets on them and, and get to one of those ranges so 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 this is so we're, we're talking about two pieces of equipment though here we're talking either about a standalone range finder so you know your range accurately or something like a vortex fury set of binoculars that, that mm-hmm. gives you you know great optics but also has a built-in laser range finder so which of which of those fits into your plan Oh, definitely the op, definitely the binoculars. With with the range finding binoculars, you don't have to carry an extra range finder. And good luck hand holding a standalone range finder out to six hundred yards or even three hundred yeah, yards. Good point. I mean, good luck. I yeah, mean, it's, they're point. so tiny, you're going to be shaking all over the place. It's the way to go when you're archery hunting. But man, when you're on the field, the binoculars are the way to go. And with those uh, Fury binoculars, you just hold the button down. 
and you, scan around, and and it just automatically feeds the distances it, in. It's a great um, as you're scanning. It's a great way to get comfortable, like. Um, you, you're, you know, you're already looking through your binoculars all day, you know, you're looking for critters and you can just be bang, hitting that button. Those Fury mm. HD 5000 10 by 42s are a great set of binoculars. It, it's, they're my mains. That's what is usually in my binocular case. Right. And I can judge distance now so much better because I'm constantly like, Oh, what's that? That little knob over there. Boom. Mm-hmm. 462 mm-hmm. yards. Okay, well, then I can look over here and there's a tree and I'm like, okay, well, that's 462. Eh, I bet that's about 250. Bang, hit it. Oh, yeah, it was uh, 247. And, and that's absolutely mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing to do when you when you get to a place that you want to dissect with your with your optics. That's the best thing to do is is learn those ranges and try to guess those ranges. And also, you know, your our, our minds can wander a little bit. So, just messing around with that laser rangefinder in the binos just kind of keeps you interested a little bit more. Oh, then wait a minute. I saw something move. Bam. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you get, you know, yeah. when you're sitting on, Rob and I do a lot of just like sitting glass, in one spot glass and, glass. and you're glassing mm-hmm. and sometimes you're sitting there for hours. Right. So I know the, the distance of yeah. every rock and tree and stump and ridge because what else do you got to do? You're, you're well, studying the, the landscape. Fast. And then, I mean, there's times when you don't have time. You know, something pops up 80, yeah. 100 yards, yeah. whatever it is, and you know, there's no time. So, there's no time. And uh, the then... other thing is, you know, these new rifles. I mean, um, it used to be, you know, you had to get something going 3,300 feet a second and beat the living heck out of your shoulder and uh, get trigger shy and all that stuff. And now with the, these new cartridges, man, you don't need to do that. I was We were talking on the boat. I get a lot of hunters on the boat in the summer, you know, and, and talking about the new cartridge, 6.8 Western, the 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, the 6.5 PRC, the 300 PRC, all these high BC bullets, the bullet does all the work. So it's not coming out of there screaming fast, like 2,800 feet a second, give or take. And, you know, when we go to the range, and Joe, you've talked about this, you can almost see the bullet hit the paper. I mean, they're just a dream to shoot. You're not, you know, you're, you're not... Uh, Getting knocked out of the scope. No, no, not at all. So you can get right back on target immediately, and uh, they're just a lot easier to deal with in the field, so... Uh, I'm a big fan. I got the 6.8 Western all rigged up here, the new Mountain Pro. And, uh, gosh, I think with everything on it, it's like eight pounds. It's just a, it's really nice to carry in the field. Uh, it's got a bipod, so, um, you know, you get a long-range shot. Uh, you can lay down and, and get that bipod out there. And then I also carry some shooting sticks, some really lightweight ones up here on, on this hunt. And on the last caribou hunt I went on, um, I shot that caribou at 420 yards, and it was blown about 25 knots. And I had to have those shooting sticks. And they're the little, the little lightweight ones that fold out like an accordion. Um, they're, they got a little, like, bungee cord in the middle of them, so you just slam them together, put them up, and I could kneel down and take that shot at that caribou. Without that, I wouldn't have got a caribou. It wouldn't even happen. So you kind of got to think your way through some of those possibilities. Um, and, of course, I get a lot of window time staring out the windshield of the polar bear around the summer. <laughs> about all kinds of stuff, except putting my gators on correctly. That, yeah, that, that's true. Obviously, that's good, I missed good. that one. Yeah, well, you know, just yeah. wear your extra tufts hunting. Just, you know, <laughs> kill two birds with one stone. No question about it. Yeah. So so then I just kind of want to dig into one more thing, though. And, and, and you, mentioned the, you mentioned the ballistics. And, and so when you go to, to Skagit Arms or Sport Co. or Outdoor Emporium, and get that box of shells. You don't just want to get a box of shells. You want to get several mm. boxes that are the same lot, okay? And and look if at the can. serial numbers on those. Yeah. Try to because they're if that they're can. going to shoot yeah. the same. But then 
look look at the velocity, look at the bullet drop mm-hmm. down range. And and then you can enter all that into into like an app called an app named Shooter, for instance, and and yeah. that's going to give you your, your 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 drop at distance, and and it's going to translate into clicks on your scope, and that's what you need to get familiar with because every single cartridge, every single rifle is going to behave differently. It's up to you to learn that, and know that if you're going to shoot three, four, five, or even six hundred well, yards, Rob. And that's why I tape it on the stock of my gun because I don't have time half no. the time. You know, I, the way I stumble around the woods, I don't have time half the time to yeah. pull my phone out, look at a chart. I mean, it's got to happen right. usually in a, bam, bam. you know within a few seconds. And so I got that chart taped right to the side of my rifle. And sometimes when I'm out there glassing, I look at that chart and I kind of halfway memorize it. Um, I kind of know what's going on. And, and these rifles will shoot pretty flat out to like 300, 350. You know, so half the time I don't even need to look at the chart. If I'm shooting within 300, 350 yards, I just know immediately what all the drops are. And I can get right on target, but just some stuff. I mean, obviously we're all OCD about this stuff because of what we do for a living and, and we're all into it. But, um, you know, if, if you're a hunter that's going out for the first time this year, you, you know, you may not have time to deal with all this stuff, but trust me, just, if you got a few minutes here and there, spend some time on it because it'll save a lot of frustration when you hit the field. Cause you work way too hard, uh, to get that weekend off or whatever, um, just spend a little bit of time on some of this stuff to help you out when you hit the field. I promise you it'll, it'll pay off. Well, and you need to spend some time at the range, and, and now we're, we're starting to see some of our local ranges open up for, uh, for hunter side-in days. Uh, later on in September, you're going to have uh, the Seattle Rifle and Pistol Association has uh, side-in starting September 24th from, from 10, 10 to 3, September 24th, 25th, October 1st and 2nd. We'll, we'll get you uh, more information as these dates become available, but by spending time at the range, and, and the cool thing about Seattle Rifle and Pistol is they have RSAs or range safety officers that are going to help you out. They're going to spot. They have spotting scopes. If you got a problem with your rifle, they're going to help you out with that too. But that's just to get you started. That's a hundred. That's that's a hundred yard range on that day, just to get you on the paper. Then you're going to have to go somewhere else and and get those that downrange experience. And and experience is the only teacher. You're you're only going to learn about your gun. By by burning gunpowder reps 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 reps, reps, reps 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 on everything so so uh, so after 144 herring you've cut today do you have enough cut plug reps in today Robo oh yeah I got them all gutted it'll be like a machine gun this morning um, a couple mornings ago we we pull in and and the screen's kind of blank and I'm gonna kind of drift into the spot I'm like well, I got time to maybe go to the bathroom or something you know so I pull in I'm walking up into the cabin I look at the screen I'm like oh shit I run back to the the kicker motor and off we go you know. <laughs> Yeah, and it was hammer time immediately. I mean, I mean, coho's flying everywhere. Okay, you're buying the next round for for s bombing uh, our radio show, but <laughs> All right. but 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 list, listeners can put their head to pillow, assuaged and assured that Robbo, the purveyor of all, all pursuits piscatorial, will be back in studio with what in three weeks or four weeks, like a month. Yeah, we're gonna see in about a month. Middle, middle, middle of September. September. Yeah. Okay, all right. All right, yeah. buddy. Well, we're we're gonna let you go and 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 fire your cut plug weapon. Go at, punish at go, Yeah, go get him, buddy. Go uh, tear him up. And, you guys have a great day. All Thank right, you. buddy. We'll all talk right, to you soon. All right. Coming up next, Raymarine picks of the week for the last time in August, right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten, and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Raymarine Electronics. Don't just go fishing; go hunting underwater. Raymarine, simply superior. Ah! 
Check out the all-new Lighthouse 4 operating system for Raymarine multifunction displays. It opens up a whole new realm of features, such as Sirius XM fish mapping and, of course, personal bathymetric recordings through the Navionics app. All this and more at raymarine.com. All right, buddy. Got staring down the barrel of September, the last partial month of summer. Mm, boy. Last, so Some of the best bear hunting <laughs> happens in the first week of September. And, and you're uh, you're actually going to leave the show and head basically right up. You're going to go visit a, a fish hatchery. You're then run then up you're to e- up Eagle to Creek where Matt Kennedy will be clipping coho. Right. And uh, I've, I've never seen that, so I'm going to pop in there. I'm taking my nephew Easton with me. And uh, we're going to go check out what's going on there at Eagle Creek, and then we're going to bounce up above Sky Comish and just, just hike in and kind of sit up on the top of the ridge till the evening and, and uh, see if we see a bear. Then you're going to be a gnarly dude in a tent tonight somewhere on top of a no, ridge? No, no. Oh, you're not standing up? No, no okay. I'm going to come I'm gonna come back down. I got a bunch of stuff at the office I got to take care of um, Sunday. So, so bear, but, bears, bears in the berries, how does this weather play into that plan well because that's you know first cool first cool day in the mountains and and, and it's a nice day to hike because it'll it'll probably have been a little rainfall up top yeah should be it'll be a way nicer you know hike in there because we won't have the the sun beating down on us but uh usually bears don't really like the rain that much they'll kind of stay tucked away and then when it stops raining they will come out right away so depending on whether or not it's raining actually you know, rain falling from the sky. Eh, I don't know. I, I think it's been so dry up there. Mm-hmm. We could hit it just right where these bears will come out and they'll be feeding. It, it depends on the berries too. We're only at about, we'll be under four, uh, we'll be under 5,000 feet where we're at. So um, don't really know if the berries are popping yet. So if, if the berries aren't popping, there might be a bear or two up there checking the temp, but they're not going to be actively feeding. So, you know, um, just, you know, I just need to get out in the woods and get a little hike in, uh, on the fishing front though, dude, buoy 10. I mean, I talked dude, to all I the just, normal guys yeah. down there yesterday and, and, and some, fishing, and, and some abnormal guys. Anyway, they're, we, yeah, we, we they're, got, we got a lot of abnormal guys. We do. <laughs> um, you know, Matt Chandler talked to him yesterday morning. He had switched over to spinners yeah. and spin fish. And just because we, we were we were down there being a good influence on him with triangle flashers and cut plugs and freaking whooping them. And, well, and so you know, he for, and so we pulled him back into the old school cut plug we program. Did. But and, and this is something that, that Jack Glass is gonna talk to us about next segment too, is the fact that you are getting bit so much. And we we get a little different view of things because these char- these guides on that river are running Six or seven six, rods. Six rods, usually. At least. Yes. And so you want to keep cut plugs on six rods? Because you, you're, you're the only one baiting these. You're the only one setting up that gear. Well, and then you're also you're counting on your customer to be manning that rod and, and running watching it, it, right? So if the customer is just watching what's going on and they don't see that little thump, yeah. well, now your bait's not working anymore. So I get it. I, I understand why they go to spinners and spin fish and, and Brad's um, super baits. Sure. They're fishing. Right. They're always fishing, right? Unless there's a fish on it, they're fishing. Um, so I, I get it. I just, for myself, I don't have as much fun. Or confidence. Or in, confidence in spinners or any of that other stuff. Yeah. And it just kind of, it kind of cracked me up when, when we went down there because I don't know anybody that's really – 
from this area that's it's a better stick down there than David Lee, a three rivers marine. Okay. He's he's just he's just an absolutely talented angler. And, you know, we're asking him, you know, okay, well, how how are we gonna approach, you know, buoy ten this year? And he says, Listen, you guys can spin baits. Just go to your program. Mm-hmm. And he was right. Yeah. I, I mean, because the artificials have a place, but when we're only running four or or maybe maybe five rods off the back of that boat. You know, I'm running two, and you're running two. We play a different game than the charter guys. Yeah, we, we, we just have, do. We we just. I'm watching my two rods like a hawk, and you're watching your two rods like a hawk, and we work together. Uh, yeah, like absolutely. if you get whacked on your side, mm-hmm. and you, I'm already cutting you a bait. Right, and bingo. As soon as it comes up, it's in your hand, and it's back down, and and, and, that's, and we're very proficient um, and fast at, <laughs> at fishing. We, we're you know yeah. together that it works. They don't have. Two guys no. on the boat. No. They also don't have the setup we have with our back deck. That, they, yeah. they have a bunch of chairs. They got yeah. six people sitting there. It's hard to move around the boat. Now, look, the the angler in me wants to learn that other stuff because I want to oh, also— There's an advantage to right? it, dude. And so we did. We ran—I mean, Matt Chandler gave us 10 of the most beautiful hand-tied spinners oh, with double I, treble hooks on them. They're they're awesome. They're 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 ba- and, and, and I, we caught and, fish on them. And we did, and I and I resurrected a little a little more than half of those yeah. when I did the gear <laughs> switch over from from Bowie Ten back to Puget Sound. So I and 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 I placed them in a, a little WD forty mm-hmm. just to make sure they're going to be preserved for next year because every year on every fishery should be an opportunity to take a step forward and and remember that and by and by pulling that gear out from that from that fishery you're going to remember a lot of that stuff but yeah we I definitely want to want back in on that whole Matt Chandler program next year but I will, I will say this about the the bites on spinners are vicious the, the the cut plug bite is awesome yeah they're great but but when that spinner is 22 inches behind a pro troll flasher and it's whipping around yeah. and that Chinook has to not come up and grab the cut plug and chew on it and try to swallow it. They have to chase it down yeah. and kill it. Mm-hmm. The bites are incredible. I am absolutely sold on the fact that, you know, we, we came into this season with regard to our strategies and what what we wanted to accomplish. And we kind of looked at each other after losing a bunch of fish on dummy solid tide, three, you know, 360 flashers, our standard you know, whatever you want to call them, pro troll style, hotspots, whatever. And we came into this season and go, look, we have to figure out a better release plan for these flashers because I was so sick of, of watching fish, you know, pe- watching people not crank fast enough or a fish swimming up behind a flasher with a barbless hook and spitting it out, right? Then Kevin John of Holiday Sports turned me on to the David Hawken tackle Simon magnetic release. Dude, that thing is an absolute game changer. It it pops just the back of the flasher off, so it doesn't. You know, the flasher's not sliding up your line, right? But you don't need it to. You really don't want it. You just want it disengaged, you, right? And so, so then it has no. It, it has it, the fish can use it, can't use it for any leverage against the hook. Yeah, it can't swim up behind it. It can't swim alongside of it and pop its head. Okay. But just check these things out. And, and the, the really cool thing about them is when you're when you're ready to reset your gear, all you do is hold the flasher up and the thing pops back together. It resets itself. Yeah. When so you, it's an efficiency thing, too. So we, so we land a higher percentage of the fish we catch, and resetting it is just nothing. 
it just, bam, it just does it itself, right? So hats off to Hawk and Tackle and that Simon release because that thing I don't is know why the bomb. Every pro troll, every, yeah. every you know, skateboard right. style flasher should be rigged with the, these. They We're, should... But but here but so we're gonna we're gonna pop out a little video because there's a couple little dial in tricks that I, that I figured out over the course of the season that that just kind of streamline that that whole thing right a little bit but the again I don't want a flasher that I can only use with a release because because sometimes I, I just want to take any flasher out there and make it fish the way I want it to fish and that's what that Simon release it does, does. It's yeah just, they're just cool completely completely ridiculous all right packed. Second hour here from the three rivers, the number three rivers marine.com studio here on 710. Um, the, the outdoor line, we got Jack Glass, team hookup, team hookup fishing.com, a red hot buoy 10, and a solid Columbia upriver fishery. He's gonna walk us in. He was actually up at fishing that Portland stretch too, monkeying around that. And that's a spinner and flasher drill yeah, too, totally. for sure. Uh, the Northwest Outdoor Board, presented by Les Schwab Tires, and uh, then uh, a new guest on the show, but but not a not a new name, Mitch Coleman of AnglersEdgeSportFishing dot com. Westport Tuna is on the snap, and and I Westport has bait. As, yeah. Ilwaco still doesn't have live bait, and I want to put an anchovy on a hook and let it swim away from the boat. And and have that a, is what that's, tuna fishing dude, is all about is getting bit on live bait. Bait stops. Live bait stops. All right. Are you going somewhere for uh, Labor Day weekend? You need to stop at Les Schwab. Stop by for a free pre-trip safety check. They're going to check your tire pressure. They're going to inspect them. You're going to get a front end component inspection, battery inspection, brake components, the whole bit. So. I see trailers on the side of the road all the time. I, there was a boat, boat on the way down yeah. here this yeah. morning Another, on the side of the uh, yeah, road. A dead boat trailer. Yep. Okay. We run that 30-foot Duckworth down to Astoria, up to the San Juans, over to CQ, all over the place. And I don't have bearing problems because I go to Les Schwab and have them look Like up, everything dude. else you with you your gotta, boat. Dude, you got to do a little maintenance. You got to be on top of your stuff or you're going to end up... It's on an, the side of the road instead an, of on ab, the water. It's an absolute simple deal, okay? Your trailer is your boat trailer is going to break. Mm-hmm. It's going to break. So, you can either let that let that maintenance happen when the trailer decides to do it or you can let it happen when you decide to bring it into Les Schwab. Dude, I I I don't want to do I mean, I don't want that roadside nightmare. I just don't, man. It puts not you, during not Not during fishing listen, season. Guys, I mean, come on. The last 5 days of Chinook fishing. Yeah, and I saw a, some guy on the side of yes. the road that ain't jacked fishing. up. Yeah, no, he's not. He obviously had to take his yeah. wheel off, and he's heading to go get bearings somewhere in the middle of the morning. You know, yeah. and he's not going to be on, on the water Saturday morning at at oh five hundred. Yeah, yeah, it ain't going to work. All right, stay tuned for jam packed hour two right here on the on Seattle Sports Station seven ten and Seattle Sports app.